This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Scott Chadwick uh, grew up in the state of Maryland. Huge Skins fan, lifelong fan of the football team. But he's been a coach pretty much his entire life. He uh, coached uh, in North Carolina uh, for many years, including for Drake Mays High School years at Myers High in Charlotte, North Carolina. Interestingly, that after he left, uh, Drake May left, Scott took a job with his friend Mike Loxley as the director of recruiting at the University of Maryland uh, for two years. Then he went back to coach high school football uh, near Raleigh, North Carolina. But Scott joined me on my podcast the other day because he knows Drake May really well. Coached him as the head coach uh, at his high school in North Carolina and has remained uh, very close friends with Drake May. So uh, I started off by asking him, you know, to cut to the chase, you know, what kind of pro do you think Drake May will be? I think he'll be a great professional player. Um, and and uh, obviously people think, you know, I've got a biased opinion of it, but um, I, I've been around the kid enough and know about his makeup, know about his work ethic, um, and certainly know about his talent. And um, you know, I think he's got the perfect skill set um, that will translate to the NFL. And, again, like you said, I was around, you know, Power 5 football and around guys that are in the NFL I mean, I have a bit of an idea of what it looks like. And, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, I think he's going to have a, a very, very good NFL career. Does he have a comp for you? Yeah, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to repeat everything everybody else says, but, you know, I, I definitely think the Justin Herbert comp is, is pretty accurate. Um, you know, big guys with, you know, strong arms that are a little bit more athletic, I think, than, than people think. I think, you know, both of them, you know, get kind of pigeonholed into just being the, you know, the big guys with the strong arm. But, you know, Drake especially is, you know, is, is a pretty athletic guy. All right. So now let's go backwards a little bit after getting your headline, which is you think he'll be a great pro and you think Justin Herbert's the comp, which is is a comp that's been used by a lot of people. So when yeah, nothing, did, unique, nothing, nothing unique there. No, it's all right. What did you when did you realize when you got him that you had a big time a big time, you know, division one quarterback and maybe more? Uh really honestly, one of the first couple of times I saw him. Um so Josh McCown, who uh actually just was named the Vikings quarterback coach. Josh and I ran a quarterback training group there in Charlotte and um Drake, you know, came to our, our training session uh after his freshman year and literally you know, maybe the first or second time we saw him throw, Josh and I were both like, Man, this this kid's different and uh I was just fortunate enough that in the time that, you know, he was there in our training group that I built enough of a relationship with him and worked well enough with him that his dad decided to, to, to move him into our district so he could <laughs> he could play for me at Myers Park. So honestly, like I said, it wasn't 
it didn't take long to realize that, you know, this kid had a really, really special set of skills. And also at that time, knowing what the family situation was, knowing the pedigree, you know, of what his brothers and his dad had done, um, you know, you knew he'd also been brought up uh, to play that position too. You mentioned Josh McCown, and I did see that he just got hired by the Vikings to be the quarterback coach there. What what were you doing with him? I remember McCown had one of these quarterback academies or something like that. You know, he was he's he was in the NFL not that long ago playing um, as a ba- as a backup. Tell me about what you did with him and the quarterbacks that came through. Yeah, so Josh and I had kind of an interesting relationship. I was at a previous school to Myers Park. Um, just outside of Charlotte, where Josh actually lived, because he he played with the Panthers, yep. and was out of the league for a little bit, and started coaching with me, um, and then you know kind of got back in the league, and when his sons were old enough to be high school kids, he moved them into Myers Park so they could play for me, and then Josh was, you know, him and I trained quarterbacks together in the off season, and then he was he was going to retire, and uh, was basically there with. With Drake um, and I, most of the time that Drake was with us, 2019 was kind of unique in that uh, the Eagles kind of grabbed Josh in the middle of the summer and brought him back up there. Right. But they allowed they allowed him to fly home on Friday afternoons and Sundays after the game. So he was actually there with us every Friday night and was there on Mondays when we installed. So, um, you know, Josh basically, you know, was a big part of his development there at Myers Park. Um, and so, you know, Josh was around a lot. Um, it was just kind of weird. He did a lot of coaching, high school coaching while he was still playing in the NFL. And then when COVID hit, he picked up and moved his kids back to Texas so they could play. All right. So tell me about Drake May, the person, what will an NFL team be getting in Drake May, the person, which is such a big part of the evaluation? No question. And when I've talked to a lot of these you know, front office people that have called to, to talk to me about him. You know, if you see his interviews, if you see the public person, you know, this kind of all shucks, golly gee kind of guy, that is Drake. So everything that, that you see in the interviews, everything that you, you know, you see, that that's who he is. He is one of the most respectful, um, you know, high-integrity, high-character kids. I heard his interview with Adam Schefter the other day, and he's like, look, I'm not going to stop being the guy that says yes, sir, no, sir, and you because know, that's, that's just who I am. And so he, he is a kid that has tremendous character, very conscious of you know, his, his public image, um, and that's you know, something that's come from his family. But you know, I tell people all the time that is exactly who he is, but don't mistake that for someone who is an extremely competitive, um, you know, he's a guy that has a, an incredible um, competitive desire. You know, it probably comes from being the youngest of four, you know, four brothers who were all great athletes. Um, but this kid is extremely driven, takes a tremendous amount of pride in what he does. Um, his, his work and his body of work means a tremendous amount to him. Um, but again, as a person, He'll never do anything to compromise his integrity. And it's why I've told some of these teams that, like, if you're looking for a guy, you know, it's going to be the, you know, the quote face of your franchise. You know, I can't think of too many better people that I've been around that I think can handle that. So you hear from front office people around the NFL about Drake May? I have. I've, I've fielded several, several phone calls and, um, had a, had a couple in-person interviews with some NFL teams. In-person Zoom or in-person in-person? No, I actually had one guy from one team drove to Clayton and met with me in my office. <laughs> uh, anybody from Washington? So I'm supposed to meet with them. I'm going to the Combine uh, Friday, and I am supposed to, to, to meet with somebody out there on Friday. Do you know who you're meeting with? Just curious. I don't, to be honest with you. Um I don't. So that'll be your first conversation with somebody from Washington. That will be. I had a, a brief, you know, I, I know Marty Herney a little bit and had a brief conversation with Marty, but that was more to probably set up this conversation um, in, in Indianapolis. What do 
front office NFL people ask the players' high school coach? What are some of the questions you get? You know, it's a lot about who he is as a person, um, the kind of character that he has, um, you know, work ethic, you know, things like, you know, how does he respond to adversity? What kind of leader is he? What is his leadership style? Um, you know, not a not a lot about, you know, his skill. I mean, everybody can see, you know, his skill. That's, that's, that's why they're asking me these other questions. Um, but I, I would say it's more just more about the kind of person he is, work ethic. You know, how does he, how is he around his teammates? Um, you know, I've had some, some of the teams have asked me, you know, he's kind of a, a bit of a small town Carolina guy. How's he going to handle living in the big city? And, you know, my response is, look, you know, do you have a Chick-fil-A? And, you know, <laughs> can he go home and play some big, can he go home and play some video games at night? You know, he's, he's not good. Listen, he's, he's not worried about your club scene. I can tell you that. Um, so did you hear from Chicago and New England, the, the two teams that have the picks around Washington? I did. I have, I have heard from both of them. Yep. Um, what is his leadership style? You know, he, he's, he's what I call an encourager. You know, he's the guy that's going to go, you know, around to his teammates and pat them on the back and, you know, take care of them. You know, we used to, to kind of joke when, when 2019 at Myers Park his junior year, we were really, we were really good. And my son, my middle son was kind of our analyst and did a lot of our stat work. And people would always see Drake talking to him at halftime. And they'd always think, why is Drake checking his stats? And I'm like, and my son would be like, he's not checking his stats. He's trying to see how many balls each of the receivers had caught because he's trying to keep, he's trying to keep people happy. And that's just kind of who he is. You know, he wants people around him to have a great experience. You know, he wants to play well because he wants to win so that other people get the, the feeling of being on a great team. Um, you know, like I said, he's, he's the first guy to patch on the back. He's not a big, um, not the kind of guy that really gets on people. Um, you know, he, he's more willing to, you know, kind of encourage him to be better than he is to yell at him to get better. Um, just not really kind of in his nature to be a, you know, you know, the, maybe the, the Philip Rivers kind of leader. Um, you know, he's more of a, like I said, he's just more of an encourager and, and wants, wants his teammates to, to be their best. Um, real quickly, before I forget, were you at Maryland? You didn't recruit Caleb Williams, did you? You weren't part of the group that recruited him? That was the year before? No, no he, yeah, he was already in college when I got to Maryland. Okay, that's what but, I thought. Um, um, so uh, let's talk about his physical traits. What do you think he does at a very high level from an NFL standpoint, and what do you think he needs to work on and improve on? I, I think, you know, the biggest thing, again, the arm strength, um, he has uh, tremendous arm strength. I think his ability to create time in the pocket. Uh, he has uh, very good pocket mobility. You know, he's not. You know, he's not going to be Lamar Jackson and run for you know 100 yards a game. But you know, he has that Aaron Rodgers ability to you know to make people miss in the pocket, create time, and still you know keep his eyes downfield and be able to make plays. Um, while he's moving around, um, you know, I would say that uh, the, the things he's probably got to work on most, just his footwork, probably a little more consistency in his footwork. Um, and then I think, you know, at the NFL level, the one thing he's going to have to really kind of focus on is just not over-trusting his arm. Um, you know, he'll, he'll make some really tight window throws at the collegiate level that those windows probably aren't going to be there, you know, in the NFL. And uh, so I think those are kind of the things he, he's got to work on. You know, he, like I said, he's a very athletic guy. You know, I, I, I listened to, to Merrill Hodges thing the other day, and um, I, I'll say this, Merrill lost me when he said he wasn't athletic. Right. Um, that is, that could not be farther from the truth. He's a very athletic kid. Um, you know, he was, as a sophomore, led our basketball team to the, to the state quarterfinals, put him, you know, literally carried him on his back. Um, 
you know, I've I've played golf with him, and it's unfortunate I have to admit that he's a much better golfer than me. <laughs> yeah, uh, quarterbacks usually are pretty good mind. golfers. Um, but he was yeah, a, he was a, was he a Division One basketball talent? He was. He was a guy. Um, you know, he. I would say along the line, like his offers were were going to be from Davidson. Actually, I think he got offered by Virginia. Yeah. Um, you know, he was Davidson, Virginia, VCU. You know that. The the you know whatever the the group of five level of of college basketball um, that level did he play uh, other he sports very very, very not just football and, and, uh, and basketball. basketball he played played ba- baseball as a kid but just football and basketball in high school how good were you guys with him each one of the years uh, his sophomore year we blew a thirteen nothing lead in the semifinals. Uh, and lost. Uh, Co- that, that had to be it, coaching, right? <laughs> absolutely. You know, no, yeah. <laughs> um, nothing, nothing to do with the fact that our left tackle, who will probably be a draft pick next year, dislocated his shoulder um, in the second quarter, oh, and we couldn't protect Drake after that. Didn't have anything to do with that. Um, and his junior year, uh, he was – he had his great a year. He had 50 touchdowns and two interceptions his junior year. Um, he was ridiculous. We were the number one ranked team in the state all year. I think uh, at the end of the season we were, I think we were something like 43rd in the ranked 43rd in the country, and we went on the road and got upset. Uh, for some reason that we were the number one ranked team in the state all year, and we had to play a road playoff game in the semifinals <laughs> and got beat up got beat 38-35. So uh, we were uh, 25-3, and I think, in his two years as a starter. And and the senior year, what happened his senior year? So we didn't have his senior year. We had COVID. Oh, right, COVID. So so he did not play his senior year of high school because of COVID. Like, we were going to move that season to the spring in North Carolina. So he early enrolled. Um... Yeah, we were the we were the preseason ranked number one team. Had a great team coming back. Uh, he was already going to play in the Under Armour game. I was going to get the coach in the Under Armour game, and all that. You know, here's a here's a great little nugget for you. We were scheduled to play um, on ESPN his senior year. We were going to host uh, Trinity Christian out of Dallas, Texas. And you know who their quarterback was? Mm, no, Shador Sanders. Wow. So we would have played Shador Sanders on ESPN uh, the last weekend in August. And Shador Sanders and his team went to Tennessee and played somebody in Tennessee instead. What was, so, the, yeah, re- so what, did, what was the recruitment of, of Drake May like? Was he What was he, a four-star, five-star? Where was he uh, in the recruiting process in, in terms of his ranking? Uh, so ESPN had him as the 40th player in the country and uh, 24-7 had him in, I think, 26 or 27. Yeah. Um, and then Rivals had him 140th. So I could yeah. never quite figure out what the guys at Rivals were doing. But, you know, as, as Jeff Ehrman would tell you, that's why I pay attention to 24-7. Yeah, They know what they're doing. Uh, but now I think he was like 27th and 247. You know, his recruitment was, you know, it was interesting, but at the same time, you know, he made a pretty quick decision early. He kind of, he narrowed things down to Ohio State, Clemson, and Alabama, and Ohio State got a commit from Kyle McCord, so then he kind of went to Clemson and Alabama, and Clemson got a commit from uh, DJ... You know, yeah, DJU. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, DJU. And even though he was a year ahead of Drake, Drake kind of felt like he might block him a little bit. And at that time, Alabama didn't have anybody, so he, he committed to Alabama, was committed there for a while. And then at some point after he was committed to Alabama, Bryce Young flipped from USC to Alabama. Mm. And, uh, and during that time... Uh, North Carolina, Mac Brown came to North Carolina, kind of changed the program around there. And he walked into my office one day. And he's like, Coach, uh, I think I'm going to flip and go to North Carolina. 
And I was like, okay, it doesn't matter to me. I said, that's fine. I said, but I'm not calling Coach Saban. So you, you're going to have to make that phone call. And, and he did. Um, so he did. Oh, absolutely. He called Coach Saban. And, uh, and I, you know, I, and I think to, to their credit, you know, Alabama had told him when he committed there that they weren't going to, re- you know, they were going to be kind of done recruiting quarterbacks. And then they went and got, you know, Bryce Young. So I think they also took some responsibility in knowing that, hey, we didn't really, we didn't kind of do what we told this kid we were going to do. So they kind of knew it was on them a little bit as well. And, you know, I think he knew that Sam was, you know, was probably going to only be at North Carolina for three years and that he'd only have to sit one year there. Um, and then he'd have his, his opportunity. So, um, you know, and that's what's interesting during his recruitment, uh, Tavita Pritchard, who's the quarterback coach for the Redskins, um, excuse me, commanders. That's all right. Um, he, uh, he was at Stanford and flew all the, literally hopped on a plane, flew all the way across the country to North Carolina just to see Drake and talk to Drake and then flew back to, to Stanford. So, uh, Tavita's very familiar with, with Drake, um, recruited him, you know, out of high school. So there is a, there is a connection there uh, with, with, with Washington. So I wanted to get your thoughts, if you have any, on Sam Howell and how you'd answer the people that have comped Drake May and Sam Howell. Uh, that, you know, they both went to North Carolina. They both had better next-to-last years than they did their final years, et cetera, et cetera. Um, just wanted to get your thoughts kind of on Sam Howell from that perspective. Well, first off, I've known Sam since he was in middle school. I watched Sam play in middle school and uh, really good friends with his dad. The dad's a really good high school football coach. Um, my daughter's actually friends with Sam. Um, I, I like Sam. You know, I, I like Sam as a person. I like him as a competitor. Um, I was excited when he was, you know, the quarterback of, of my team. You know, I, I like Sam a lot. Um, and Drake and Sam are really, really close. Uh, so that is a very interesting dynamic. I, I think other than other than his brothers, I would say Sam might be Drake's Drake's best friend. Um, so that would be a it would be an interesting dynamic. Now, obviously, they were together for a year at North Carolina, so it's not like they've never, you know, worked together before. Um, but as far as those that say, well, why would you draft, you know, another North Carolina kid? I think that's a that's a that's a lazy statement because yeah. it shows me you haven't done any any real research. Right. Um, you know, they're they're different quarterbacks. They they have different skill sets and they did different things. Um, and Drake played for, you know, two different coordinators. He only played with Phil Longo for the, the first year. Yep. Um, they were an entirely different offense than what Sam ran last year. Um, so, I mean, I, I would say that people aren't doing enough research uh, if, they, if they say that, not to mention, you know, physically they are, you know, completely different guys physically. Um, you know, I, I made a joke with Drake a couple weeks. I don't know if there was a picture out there of him and Sam at yeah, the North Carolina basketball game. Yeah, Sam looked like yeah, a sixth grader Drake, next I, to him. I, I, I said, "Was Sam standing in a hole when y'all <laughs> took this?" You know, it looked. You know, so I mean, they're they're physically different. Their skill sets are different. Um, so anybody that kind of you know makes that comparison, and even it's even worse when they throw uh, Mitch Trubisky in there. Um, you know, as, as another you know North Carolina kid that went number one. You know, so I mean, I, I again, I just think that's people that haven't done their homework. And, and look, you know, Drake's Drake's be the first one to tell you he's not without you know his faults. He he's had some, you know, a couple of games there where he you know he certainly would have liked to have played better. You know, people talk about his last game at North Carolina at NC yeah, State, and yeah, that was not you good. know my my pushback on that one is, and I was there. I watched that game, you know, in person, so I saw a lot of things in person. You know, that was a situation where. NC State bullied yeah. North Carolina. I mean, and you could see that in person. They physically beat him up. Um, they physically beat up the guys around Drake. Didn't give him, you know, I didn't feel like his teammates gave him any opportunity. Both the interceptions he threw hit his receivers in the hands, and they dropped it. He did not play well that day. You know, he missed some things. And Well, they were, but, they were playing a good know, NC State team at that point, too. Um, NC State really got better as the season went along. No question. And they were just physically just tougher than North Carolina was. Yeah.
So that was Scott Chadwick, uh, Drake May's head coach. Some good stuff not only on Drake May but on Sam Howell as well. All right, uh, up next, what would your reaction be if Washington decided to pass on quarterback at number two and instead they traded back for a haul of picks and selected a non-quarterback in the first round? There seems to be some discussion about that as a possibility. We'll get to that when we return. Kevin Sheehan Show, the Team 980, the Team980.com. We're free and live on the Odyssey app. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Ben Standig coming up at noon live from Indianapolis, the Combine. Uh, there have been other interesting results from the Combine that we'll talk about uh, next hour. But I want to get into something right now. Um, and I just tweeted out uh, at Kevin Sheehan, D.C., a window nation Twitter poll. Uh, would your react? What would your reaction be if the Commanders decided to pass on taking a quarterback at number two and instead traded back for picks and selected a non-quarterback? The three answers that I gave out: you'd be disgusted, you'd be upset, but you'd trust in Peters, or you'd be thrilled and think that it would be the right move. So there's. A lot out there on, you know, Washington and New England in particular. I mean, because it now appears as if Chicago is going to take a quarterback at number one and trade Justin Fields. By the way, there's a lot of reporting now, you know, a lot of rumors, um, speculation, probably much of it reckless that, you know, uh, Fields may not be going to Atlanta because Atlanta's Arthur Blank actually wants Cousins more than he wants Fields. So Pittsburgh would be the place. There are even some reports out there that the market for Justin Fields may not be as vast as Chicago thought it would be. Um, That's going to be interesting to see what happens with Justin Fields because the bottom line is we don't have any clue as to what Washington should do or could do until we know what Chicago is going to do or be interested in doing. And the first, you know, the first domino to fall here is Justin Fields. So two days ago, and I, I was going to play this sound yesterday on the show and we didn't get a chance to do it, but I had the NFL Network on and I was watching some of the Combine conversation. And this was Ian Rappaport and I think Mike Garofolo and I forget who else was on the set. But it's all Rappaport doing the talking. And you'll hear him discuss, you know, what Chicago might or, or might not be doing at number one. And then he gets into Washington and New England at two and three. Yeah, it certainly does seem, I would say, likely that the Bears stay at number one, select Caleb Williams, move on from there with their franchise quarterback, then end up dealing Justin Fields at some point. But that is not the only big-time potential quarterback question. Two and three, which is the Commanders and the Patriots, both are potential trade spots. And look, could they take a franchise quarterback? Absolutely. You have Drake May there, you have Jaden Daniels, both of these guys viewed as long-term franchise-altering starting quarterbacks. That's not really the question. The question is, do the Commanders and do the Patriots, kind of in a similar boat, do they feel they are a quarterback away? Do they feel like this is a franchise guy they absolutely have to take and they build around them for the next 10 years? Or would they rather have the draft capital give the quarterback to somewhere else? Maybe it's the Giants, maybe it's the Raiders, maybe it's the Falcons. There's going to be plenty of quarterback-needy teams who are going to want to come up to or want to come up to three 
Which is better value for these two teams, which do not seem to be close to competing? Is it the draft picks or is it the franchise quarterback? That is the kind of decision that will stay with these organizations for the next 10 or 15 years, and that is what is in their hands right now over the next two months looking toward the draft. So that was Ian Rappaport the other day on NFL Network. You know, he thinks the big-time quarterback question for teams like Washington and New England at 2-3, and three, uh, the question isn't who they should take. The question really is, should they take a quarterback at all? Um, because in the case of Washington and New England, they're not close to competing. They're not one of those teams that has a ready roster. They're not one of those teams that is, in air quotes, a quarterback away, uh, closed quote. Um, I was reading Hogs Haven. They do a really good job of covering the team. I, I really actually enjoy some of their insight. And they put a poll out on what advice Commanders fans would give Adam Peters with a couple of options. Trade down, trust your gut, stay at two and pick Daniel, stay at two and pick May, or trade up to one and pick Caleb Williams. I would have absolutely predicted that trading up would have been the lowest percentage. For whatever reason, our fans don't want to trade draft capital, even if it's for the best quarterback in the draft. But what was surprising to me is that trade down was the number one answer. 29% of the answer was trade down. 27% was trust your gut. 21% was Jaden Daniels. 18% may. 4% trade up for Caleb Williams. Um, the poll that I put out is basically, it goes one step further. It's, would you be okay if they traded back, got a haul of picks, and did not select a quarterback? You know, how would that make you feel? Disgusted? Upset? But you trust Peters? Thrilled? You know, it's the right move? Um, You know, we only have 300 votes in so far, so I'll wait to give, you know, any results. But the leader in the clubhouse right now Appears to be you'd be upset, but you would trust in Peters. So, first of all, before I get into kind of my thoughts on this, you know, Hogshaven did a really good job, too, of using the Rich Hill draft value chart. You know, there are a lot of those draft value charts. And coming up with, you know, what the compensation you'd get back for trading back. Like, if they traded back one spot per the chart to New England's spot, They'd get a first-round pick next year and New England's fourth-round pick this year to move back one spot. Now, if they love two quarterbacks exactly the same, let's call them Jaden Daniels and Drake May, and New England really likes one more than the other, I, don't, I wouldn't have a problem with that at all. If they, if they legitimately believe that it is a dead-even heat between Daniels and May – and New England wants to trade up and offer next year's first and this year's fourth, of course, I'd be in favor of that. Uh, Trading back uh, four spots to number six with a team in the division, the Giants, you would get, you know, you'd swap the picks, two for six. You'd get a first rounder. You'd get uh, uh, second rounders, uh, two second rounders from the Giants in this year's draft, and you would get a fifth rounder next year. So you'd get a first two twos and a fifth by the way that's a lot less than what washington gave up to the rams uh 14 drafts ago in 2012 to move back to number eight you'd get you know the falcons you know number eight overall in swapping down six spots you'd get two firsts one next year one in 2026 and a fourth rounder this year okay so That's the trade back option. By the way, the trade up option, there's been some information on that, you know, per trade value charts. I've suggested to you before that those are dangerous to use. But there seems to be, you know, an NFL network consensus that to trade up one pick would cost Washington a second rounder this year, a third rounder this year, a fifth rounder this year, and next year's first round pick. Uh, to move up one spot um, if they had just one quarterback that they liked. So, on this question of trading back, and we'll focus on that. 
I want the focus for a moment just to be on essentially passing on one of the high ceiling quarterbacks and potentially selecting just best player available, which may not be a quarterback. I think this is really silly talk for 2024. Uh, Now, again, if they said that they didn't like any of the quarterbacks after Caleb Williams and Caleb Williams was the only quarterback that they liked and they couldn't get to number one, that's one thing. Um, And I'm fine with that. If uh, benefit of the doubt, Kev is going to say, if they don't like Daniels, they don't like May, they don't like McCarthy, you know, there are personal things about them, there are football things and flaws that they don't like. Sorry, guys, we don't like any of them. We liked Caleb a lot. We thought about moving up to one, but the Bears were not going to trade off of number one. They were picking Caleb Williams. Let's see if we can entice some sucker to move up to number 10 and get a haul of picks. That's fine. However, if they believe that there is a quarterback at number two that is the next big thing, or even just a big thing, but they decide, as Ian Rappaport described, that you know we're not close to competing. We're not a quarterback away. We're not one of those rosters that is ready. We have a roster filled with holes, so we're going to fill all those holes, and then in two years we're going to go to the quarterback store or the quarterback tree, and we're going to pluck one out and put it into a plug-and-play roster that's ready to win right away. That one would be an absolute head-scratcher for me. That would be 2014 or earlier thinking, not 2024 thinking. That path to sustain success year after year doesn't work. Take San Francisco. They're the outlier out of the conversation in modern football. It doesn't work. There's not a quarterback store that you go to when your roster is built up and ready to win. All right? That, and by the way, the 49ers haven't won at all but they've obviously been in contention, and I would take their results Okay, over the last few years. Philly's had some good years. Howie Roseman's done a really good job. They won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles, but, they're Ross, the, but they've kept the Eagles consistently good, not consistently great, consistently good, but even Roseman knows how important quarterbacks are. They didn't have a good team in 2016 when they traded a fortune to move up to swing big, for Carson Wentz. For too many years, we have seen many more examples of good rosters plus a not good enough quarterback equaling an average team at best. You know, last 10 years, multiple Pittsburgh teams that have had the roster but not a quarterback. Multiple Jet teams, multiple Tennessee teams, multiple Houston teams when you go back before Watson, the Chiefs before Mahomes, the Bucks before Brady, the Rams before Stafford. I know they got to a Super Bowl with Jared Goff, but they were not at that point with Goff a sustained five- to seven-year in-contention-every-year type of franchise. Maybe they were and they made a mistake uh, trading uh, Goff. But let's not forget, they picked Goff number one overall. But they went and got Stafford because they felt like they didn't have good enough. There's no quarterback tree to go to when the roster is right. And the opportunity that you have right now is unique. You're not going to be in this position with the number two overall pick in what appears to be by most of the so-called experts, a pretty damn good draft for quarterbacks at the top of the draft. This is silly talk. If you don't have one, you have to go get one. And if you're selecting at number two, you can't assume that you're going to be selecting this high again in the future with as many choices with high-ceiling quarterbacks that exist in this draft. It'll be out of your control. You know, by the time you've got your roster built up, you'll be good enough where you won't be picking at the top, but you won't be very good overall. And you'll have to trade so much more to get up into a position to take one from the quarterback tree. I just think you can't pass 
on number two in this draft. Now, I don't know, and I'm not sitting in on the meetings, and if they end up saying, hey, yeah, you know, guys, Caleb Williams is the real deal. Chicago's got themselves a baller. The other guys, too much risk. You know, every one of them had a major personality flaw or a major footwork flaw that we just didn't think came with a high enough ceiling and was fixable. So that's one thing, okay? And hopefully we have people in position that can determine, you know, if that is the case. We didn't before. But this idea that, you know, well, you, you should consider trading back because you're not a good team. You're not close. You're not a quarterback away. You're always a quarterback away if you don't have one. If your roster is bad, you're a quarterback away from being average. If your roster is decent, you're a quarterback away from being good. And if your roster is better than decent, you're a quarterback away from being great. And the other part of this, too, is this is the perfect setup, not only because number two with quarterbacks with high ceilings, but because you have so many other opportunities with all of the picks and all of the cap room to improve your roster simultaneously with drafting the quarterback of the future. I don't get it, man. I don't get that idea. Again, I could be certainly convinced of that if the you know if the team's brass says ultimately yeah, we wanted one, we considered one, but there just wasn't one good enough for us, for us to take. That's different. If it is, we didn't take one because we have so many other holes to fill. We've got a roster with holes, and we're nowhere near close to competing. We'll look at the quarterback answer somewhere down the road. That's silly in 2024. Uh, if you want to weigh in on that, 301-230-0980, 301-230-0980, what would your reaction be if Washington decided to pass on a quarterback at number two and instead trade back, accumulate picks for this draft in the future and select a non-QB? 301-230-0980. Kevin Sheehan Show, the Team 980 and the Team980.com. NBA hoops last night. The Wizards out in Los Angeles squaring off against the Lakers. They fall in overtime, 134 to 131. Jordan Poole led the Wizards with 34 points off the bench. Anthony Davis led all scores with 40 points. He had 15 rebounds as well. LeBron went for 31 points and nine assists. No caps last night. They're in action tonight against the Flyers. Puck drops at seven at Cap One Arena. You can hear it on our sister station. 106.7 The Fan. Chirps in action on Sunday. They host Indiana at 2 p.m. You can hear that right here on the Team 980. Caitlin Clark announced yesterday she will enter the upcoming WNBA draft. The Indiana Fever, who have the projected number one overall pick, are expected to take Caitlin Clark with that selection. And breaking news out of college football, according to Ross Dellinger, it is anticipated that helmet communication will be utilized this upcoming season in college football, as well as potentially utilizing a two-minute warning. And that's what's trending. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. 
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. All right, phone lines are open. 301-230-0980. Uh, what would your reaction be if the team ultimately traded back from number two overall and didn't take a quarterback in this draft, instead choosing to accumulate picks and build up a roster over a period of time and worry about the quarterback later on. Uh, 301-230-0980. My opinion is really simple. Look, if they don't like either one of the quarterbacks that they have an option to take at number two, um, they think all of them after Caleb Williams or maybe even Caleb Williams, they're all flawed and they think too high risk, not too high of a ceiling, low floor, low ceiling kind of things, that's one thing. But if they do it because they've got this mindset that the path to sustained winning is to build up a roster and then go take care of the quarterback, that's silly talk in 2024. Uh, There have been some suggestions out there that this is – something that the Patriots and Washington commanders might be thinking about doing. Um, My personal opinion is there's like a 1% chance they don't take a quarterback at number two. Uh, Is there a chance they trade back a spot with New England because they like two guys equally, pick up something and, and pick the guy that New England doesn't pick? Yeah, that would be smart. But they're picking a quarterback in this draft, I think. But what if they didn't? Uh, 301-230-0980. Scott in Percival. Scott, kick it off for us. Go ahead. How you doing, Cap? Good, Scott. Uh, I would trade down, and the kid I'm drafting is Michael Pratt out of Tulane. You like Michael Pratt. And what do you, what, what do you like about Michael Pratt? The kid can throw the ball. He will run for first downs when he gets a shot. And basically, he's got a great arm. There's nothing wrong with him. I'm sure he's smart and intelligent. And basically, you can get him probably in the second, third round. Yeah, Pratt's one of those guys, along with Rattler, um, that you know will get a lot of attention because of their physical ability um, uh, and sort of gamerness. I like Pratt. I don't think Pratt's in the same category of conversation of the guys that we're talking about. But look, this happens all the time. I mean, quarterbacks that go, you know, a round or two later. Um, hit uh, to a certain degree, and the guys that were taken in the first round don't. Um, the only quarterbacks so far from the draft a few years ago is Brock Purdy. Uh, but those are typically diamonds in the rough. Denton, what do you think of, of Pratt? Denton, what do you think of Pratt? I, I like Pratt, but I liked him a lot more a year ago versus this past season. It felt like there were some games, especially late in the season, where I would have thought he really would have taken over against lesser teams, and they didn't. you got to remember, Tulane was in the driver's seat for another New Year's Six game, and they kept getting uh, really pushed to the brink by teams that they should have been absolutely throttling. And he was hurt a little bit this year, but even when he was healthy. he was banged up. He, he wasn't playing to the way that I was hoping he would. So I see some potential around him, but I'm not banking my wagon to him. Tulane was actually led in many ways at times this year by their defense more than they were their offense. Whereas last year, you know, Pratt was um, it was was really good, and then obviously got hurt in the uh, in the game against uh, USC in that Cotton Bowl uh, game, in which um, didn't get hurt. I'm sorry, uh, ended up uh, not having a great game. But uh, what's his face? The the back that ended up in Tennessee. Why am I blanking? The really good running back. Derrick Henry? Uh, for, no, for Tulane last year. Not last year, the year they beat uh, SC and Caleb Williams in the in the in the Cotton Bowl. Oh, I'm blanking, I'm blanking or on whatever the name it was. Too. I know who you're talking about, but I'm blanking on the why, name why am I, the that that running back was phenomenal for them. 
and they weren't the same offensive team without him. Spears. They weren't the same team without Spears. Uh, Tajay Spears. Uh, let's go to Carl in Waldorf. Carl, what do you say? Hey, Carl. Uh, hey, Kevin. Uh, good afternoon. Thanks for taking my call. Sure, Carl. I say don't get too cute. Take the quarterback as high as you possibly can. If you look around this league, the faces of most of these franchises are by first-round picks, first-round quarterback picks. You know, we're all thrown off by the anomaly of Brock Purdy, but Brock Purdy has a lot around him. He has Kyle Shanahan coaching him. Don't get too smart for your own good. Take the quarterback. One of them are good. You got the coaches to coach him. You got Kingsbury. And I don't think our roster, as I say, more picks than open. I don't think our roster is as bad as people think it is. I think it needs to be coached better and needs to be more motivated. And that's all I got. Thanks for taking my call, Kevin. Yeah, I think that last point's an interesting one. I think that they don't um, – I don't know that they view the roster as depleted as maybe – we do, or some of the fans do, were influenced by just the horrific season that they had, especially the horrific end of the season. But I think there are some players on this roster that are absolute keepers in their mind. And with free agency and cap space and a lot of draft picks, they can add to that roster. Uh, but you're just not going to get many opportunities like the one they have uh, this year. All right, stay on hold. Phone lines are packed. 301-230-0980. We'll move Ben to twelve twenty-five. He's better going at that spot anyway from Indy. Uh, 301-230-0980. Simple question. What would your reaction be if they moved back, picked up draft choices, and didn't select a top quarterback in this upcoming 2024 NFL draft? Kevin Shiencho, the Team 980. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.